This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack. Uh, we saw the movie Oppenheimer a couple of weeks ago, and there's a scene towards the end, uh, an interaction between Oppenheimer and President Harry Truman. And I was just uh, fascinated by the exchange and wanted to see, well, how much of this was real and what was the relationship between President Truman and Oppenheimer. Mark Adams is the Truman Library's Director of Education, and uh, we would have had him on sooner, but uh, he's just getting back from vacation, first day back, and uh, already taking time to talk with us. Thank you, Mark. I'm assuming you have seen the movie. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. I did see the movie. I actually saw it on opening night with my wife. We were pretty excited to go see it. So yeah, I went on opening night and uh, really enjoyed it. Without giving uh, much of the movie away for those who maybe haven't seen it yet, but do you think the movie fairly portrayed how uh, President Truman and, and Oppenheimer, how that, that scene in, in the Oval Office went down? I think what they tried to do was to do it from Oppenheimer's perspective rather than Truman's perspective. So some of us who, you know, I work at the Truman Library and have done for more than 20 years, we get a little bit protective of Harry Truman, maybe. So it didn't seem like it came across that fairly about Harry Truman. But from Oppenheimer's perspective, it was probably the way he remembered the meeting. And so from that perspective, you know, it was probably fine. From the Truman perspective, some of the things didn't quite um, line up with how I understand the history of it. But in terms of making movies and, and it, you know, what they needed to do to portray Oppenheimer the way they did, I think that part was fine. Yeah. My perception of President Truman, when I see pictures of him, he looks like everyone's grandfather. And so when I when I saw the movie, I got this uh, sense of arrogance from Truman. Is, is that kind of what you, you took away from it as well? Yeah. And I think and I think that that was part of the reason I was a little uncomfortable, because I don't think that was very accurate from my perspective of him being arrogant. I think he was willing to take the responsibility and to say, you know, the decision to drop the atomic bomb was his decision. And so when you see the scene where he's, where Oppenheimer is saying, you know, I've got blood on my hands. I don't think Truman would have, the quote was right, but I think the tone was wrong. So it's like, that was my responsibility. You don't need to have blood on your hands. I was the one that made the decision. Those words are correct, but I think the tone made it like Truman was dismissing Oppenheimer and his feelings, and I don't think that was accurate. Um, what you know, I know we have Truman's appointment calendar here at the Truman Library, and there are subsequent meetings after that one. That was the first meeting in October of 1945 between the two of them. There were other meetings later. We really don't know much of what they discussed in those meetings, but it left the impression he never wanted to see Oppenheimer again. And in fact, he did in, in more formal circumstances with some of the other work that went on relating to atomic energy later. So, and I realized they couldn't put all of that in the movie either. Yeah. So I just, it's, it's difficult when you know a little too much about a historical topic <laughs> that you kind of narrow in on this one three-minute scene in a three-hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Adams is the Truman Library's director of education. Did you ever want to stand up in the movie theater and go, that's not right? <laughs> well, I laughed with, as we were walking out, my, my wife and my daughter kind of looked at me like it's ready for me to, to say something because I do. 
I am quite respectful to it in the movie theater. They laughed at me because I was like, the Oval Office was wrong. I mean, they were like, what? Yeah. Like the furniture wasn't in the right place. You know, so you get, you get, you get, uh, you get, you know, you get held up on the fine detail. Like the couch wasn't in that place or something. So yeah. those things that they tease me about. So you've got to be careful. You're like, well, for the movie, you know, they needed to sit them so they could see the way they needed to seat them for whatever reason. So Yeah. Mark Adams, the relationship between President Truman and Oppenheimer. And um, you can also uh, subscribe to our podcast and uh, go back and listen to this segment, too, if you uh, find Show Me Today on Apple. So you had mentioned that there were other appointments. Did Truman not like Oppenheimer? I think what it was, I think he had certainly admired him as a scientist. From what I've read, and this, you know, they didn't go into a lot of that context in the movie, Truman was a little frustrated with some of the other scientists. Now, they did portray that part well in the movie, and Oppenheimer never really apologized for Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings. Um, but some of the other scientists who petitioned the president and some of the people that came out afterwards, I think more of their conflict actually, and this was featured in the movie a bit more, was um, about the development of a hydrogen bomb, which was kind of the second part of the movie as they got into some of that. But I don't think, I think that was more of a professional difference um, because there were others that were giving him different advice, some supporting, some against. It was a very thorny issue in terms of whether to develop that or not. And I think the scientists started to err away from it. Some of them, some of them were still in favor of the hydrogen bomb. So I didn't really ever think it was personal. The comment he makes about as, as Oppenheimer is walking away in the movie, and you see I, Truman in the background, and I forget the phrase they used, basically not wanting to see him again. That was more of a private, as far as I understand, I could be wrong on this, as far as I understand it, that was in a private letter that he wrote to somebody else. I believe it was Dean Acheson, but I'm, I don't want to be completely quoted on that. Certainly he was frustrated with that meeting in October. But they, like I said, they did meet later with Atomic Energy Commission meetings and other things that Oppenheimer served as an advisor to as they tried to figure out, should the world be given these, this information? Should the world sh- share nuclear power? So I think he still respected him as a scientist. He still had him as an advisor. Mark Adams from the Truman Library. We're talking about the movie Oppenheimer and the relationship between President Truman and the scientist if I remember this or understand this correctly, Truman was the vice president. He had no idea about the Manhattan Project, and so when he stepped into the presidency, all of a sudden this was kind of laid on him. Is That's, that correct? That is true. Wow. Uh, there's, there's, he comes. In, he, it's almost true. How's that? Okay. Um, <laughs> when he was a senator, not before he's vice president, of course, he's a senator from Missouri for ten years, and he does come across a project. Um, I don't think it was ever neat to call the Manhattan Project or anything like that, but he comes across this expenditure because he was in charge of the committee, Senate committee, looking at wasteful spending during World War II. And as chair of that committee, he comes across this project that has a lot of money going towards it. And they kind of pull him aside and say, Senator, you need to leave that one alone. It's top secret. It's related to what the war. I think they gave him a little bit more information then, but not all the details. So we had an inkling is probably the best phrase. Yeah. And as you mentioned, he's vice president. He's only vice president for 82 days, which astonishes people. And he's only, and he only meets with FDR privately 
uh, twice in those 82 days. So he really is out of the loop. So when he comes in to office as president on April 12th, they kind of whisper to him, hey, we need to talk to you about something. And eventually, and the gentleman that's featured heavily in the movie, Secretary of War Henry Stimson, um, it pulls Truman aside and sends him a letter, actually, and says, we need to meet about this highly secret matter. And they eventually meet about 12, 13 days after Truman becomes president, and they lay out then the full Manhattan Project. Now, at that time in April, we still hadn't had the test that's, you know, the main feature of the movie. That takes place in July. Um, and so this is, the, the work is happening, but they haven't had a successful test yet. So it's, it's late April of 1945 when he gets the full ramifications of what the Manhattan Project is about. That is heavy for one person to take on. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> and if you, think of that summer, if you think of that summer, and I'm going to do a plug for our Truman Museum, because we lay this part out so beautifully in our new exhibits, is that, you know, there he is in April, and he becomes president, unexpectedly, of course. Then in May, Germany surrenders. In June, he begins the United Nations in San Francisco. In July, he's at Potsdam with Stalin and Churchill. While he's there, they have the first successful test that's featured in the film. And then in August, he has to make the decision to drop the two bombs on Japan. So it's an incredible first four or five months of a presidency, which I really don't think any other presidency, they usually talk about, you know, the first hundred days of legislation and things like that. Truman didn't get the opportunities to do any of that because all the world's events are unfolding ahead of him. And we feature that timeline in our museum exhibits here at the Truman Library incredibly well because all of these events are happening all around him as he becomes president. It, when he looked back on his decisions, was there any regret, any second-guessing, any Monday yeah, morning quarterbacking? Yeah, not that I'm aware of this. We, 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 have some, we have 16 million documents in our, in our library and archives here, and some of the letters he writes even in the 1960s. He did not regret his decision. He referred people to his main aims, which were to end the war as quickly as possible and to save American lives. And some of his harsher letters, which we do have, he would often remind the people writing to him about the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor to say, don't forget what they did as well. So that was kind of his mantra was that he didn't regret any of his decisions. He didn't really look back on them. Mark Adams, Truman Library, the director of education. Uh, give a plug to the library. Where is it located? Uh <laughs> Yeah, so the Truman Library Museum, recently we just had a $30 million renovation of our whole museum. It is spectacular. We're located in Independence, Missouri, about 20 miles east of Kansas City. And you can find out more about our information on our exhibits and so forth on our website, which is trumanlibrary.gov. The museum is open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, and on Sundays from noon to 5. So we'd love to, for your uh, listeners to come see our new museum exhibits. They truly are spectacular. And it goes through all of Truman's life, not just his presidency. You learn about his first lady and their one and only daughter and his early school life, as well as the major presidential decisions that he made. Mark Adams from the Truman Library. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri.